Welcome, welcome, guys. I thank you so much for joining in. I'm your host, Rusty Moy. If you're new to the channel, here we have education, entrepreneurship, the ways to stay afloat during inflation and infrastructure, and global warming, and many more episodes to come. If you just bear with me during this challenging time of inflation, um, you know, a broken educational system, and many other things that's going on, it's going to get better from here. But you just have to believe in the channel. As I dive in episode 101, America's adult education system is broken, right? I spoke on the educational system for children, but I want to discuss a little bit about the adult educational system is broken. And this is what I want to say. And we can fix it as individuals. So in my recent research and some of my, you know, interviews I've had with folks that feel certain ways about education, I just want to dive into this. They never got the help they needed with learning disabilities from the very beginning. Or they came in this country without the ability to read English, right? Or on the flip coin, they graduated from schools that failed to teach them their most critical skills. And right there, I could just give my personal experience. Did I go to school with children that had learning disabilities? Yes. Did they give them the fair opportunity? No. Were they embraced in that environment of e-learning disability? No. Was I able to get that substantial education? No. Did I get the critical skills? No. Did I get the intercultural skills? No. I didn't get any of those things K through 12. I might have received a little bit of it during my college years, but during K through 12, we all struggle, right? And then when we go into college, we sometimes still have a lapse because 9 through 12, we learn nothing, right? We were deprived from an educational system that we once deserved and still do, right? So for a number of sometimes overlapping reasons, 48 million American adults struggle to read basic English, right? And this is statistics that may leave them unable to find or keep decent jobs, navigate the, the, the signage on city streets, follow medical instructions, able to vote, right? And they're more vulnerable to scams and face stigma and shame. Why are these people, you know, adults and they're going through stigma and shame? Because they don't know something. Because they shouldn't be going through shame, right? Because they didn't receive the knowledge K through 12, so when they got to college level, it just wasn't there. And then the college professors didn't give them the essentials they needed to be shaped, to be groomed, to be developed, to be modified, right? During that time. So you're an adult that's going through everyday life that you feel that you have it, but you don't have everything in the educational toolkit, right? But you're an adult. The main remedy available is adult education. Free classes where they can improve their reading and earn high school credentials, right? And we've been deprived from that, all people, right? But the infrastructure for adult education is profoundly inadequately, right? As a nation persistently low literacy rates reveal, the government efforts haven't done enough to address the problem, right? 
and about 500 country, countries across the nation are hotspots where nearly a third of adults struggle to read basic English. They struggle with basic math. And I'm not going to even go beyond that because it gets even worse. This contributes to disproportionate under-reemployment, right? In communities with lower literacy, literacy, right? There's often less economic investment, a smaller tax base, and fewer resources to fund public services. And that's where we're at right now. That's where we're at in the gap. And our people are still struggling to get through because they haven't received the educational toolkit. One, they haven't received in that toolkit the basic English, math, science, history. They don't know that because it was not taught K through 8th and then 9 through 12th. So they have a lap of no knowledge, uneducated, disproportionate, and under-reemployment because of these issues, right? So it's in our best interest to make sure that regardless of why people didn't get an education the first time around, that they get one the second time around, right? Focus on an adult education work workforce policies. There's Pennsylvania Career Link, right? There's many resources out there. There's GED programs, right? There's other additional resources through non-profitable organizations that some people are not aware of, but I'm going to shed light in my next episode on resources for educating adults that want to be re-employed, right? You maybe want to be re-employed or maybe you're under, or you want to get under re-employed, or maybe you just want to build your resume, enhance your educational skill set. And I will have an episode talking about adult education and specifically adult literacy, right? So expert students and educators about some of the best ideas for improving adult education, right? While many experts may say there's more money and critical to improving the nation's system, right? Many states have developed innovations in spite of their limited funding. There are ways to help adults overcome low literacy and making them help more widely, accessibly, with love to give larger ideas and concepts, but both for individuals and for their communities, right? So what I would say is give adults with lowest literacy skills more attention right from the gate. Give them more attention, more resources, and free, 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 nothing paid, right? Free by the state and the local government. Strict federal standards prompt states to push adult students to get a high school credential as fast as possible. Students who need more time can flounder in such systems. It is so hard to get students to the basic level, they're lacking so much. But why is it so hard to get adults to the basic level these days? Is it they have grandchildren at this point, they have their children at this point, they're working two jobs, it's nighttime, it's daytime, it's time conflicting scheduling. Is it something like that where it's hard to get adults back in the classrooms, back into employment opportunities, back into the workforce the right way, right? Without all these challenges in our way, right? So the expectations of the study academic gains can be challenging for adults, particularly for those who have not learned in a classroom in more than a decade, right? If you're reading at the sixth grade le reading level and someone said you have three months to pack in to a six years of high school because that's the end of the program, realistically, how many will do so? In my opinion, none, right? So some programs even resort to pushing out struggling students 
from their classes, right? Some programs have forced to give opportunities to people that are at an age where they just don't want to do it, right? And it's not in them and they just don't have the time, right? That was forced. And then on the flip of the coin, some programs have focused more on providing students with a more one-on-one uh, support, right? And that was like in Las Vegas and other places like that, like it, their libraries, right? They offered each student the chance to work with and coach on calls and encourage them as they work towards a high school credential, right? And that was in the Library Literacy Service Center, right? And they even had programs for students for hospitality industries, getting them back into the workforce, right? But they hadn't been in school in forever, right? So they, people think when they lose it, they never can reuse it. That's not true. You can always regain control over your brain, re-control over your life, have substance in your mindset, substance in your body, and tell your mind, body, and soul, I can and I will. No matter if you're 30 or 100, it's a mindset, right? So with a short commercial break, I want to jump into increasing the availability and flexibility of classes, especially in the rural areas. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned and inform at Rusty Moy. If you just dived into this episode, guys, get your tea, your lemonade, and your honey, because we're going to break it all down. America's adult educational system is broken, and I say we can fix it. It may need a little editing here, but we can do it together. There's programs to get you re-employed if you're underemployed, or if you're not even looking for employment and you want to get that additional education, then stay tuned, Rusty Moy. I'll figure out ways that we can do this together on an educational toolkit. If you're new to the channel, we have so many episodes ahead. Let's not look back. We're going to have so many guests on the show this spring, talking about spring cleaning, talking about the Philadelphia Flower Show, and talking about going green and staying green. Talk about the recycling in our communities, keeping everything clean and environmental friendly. If that's you, we can have special guests right here joining in. It's going to talk about recycling and keeping our communities clean, safe, and free of trash, paper, and nothing else, literacy. Welcome, welcome back, guys. I thank you so much for joining in. If you just dived in, don't worry. Get some ice for your lemonade. America's adult educational system is broken, but right here, I'm here to help you fix it, and we're going to work together. And it can be fixed. Is nothing out here that we can't fix. So as I continue on, the increased availability and flexibility of classics, especially in rural areas. So there's a large swamp of the country's lack of adult education classes and residents must travel dozens of miles to enroll in programs. In recent research, Mississippi is about one in five countries lacking a state running running program. And some parts of our rural Nevada, people must take virtual classes to drive up 70 miles and then 
Walsh area will direct adult education as a Great Basin College in Elko. Even in urban areas, inflexibility classes schedule may make it difficult for people to attend. So to increase accessibility, guys, some states have developed partnerships to ensure programming is available across vast areas. A decade ago, after a state reported found in its vast adult education system, uncoordinated and fragmented, California reconfigurated it into regional consorta that could better assess local needs and collaborate with community groups. So about 71 regions, local community colleges and school districts work together to align their teaching materials, collect data on the students across programs and make sure they offer distant services. With this new structure, guys, it helps ensure students can access programs regardless of where they live or what they look like or what they sound like, okay? The idea is to work together to meet the needs of students and the workforce within regions, okay? The state adult education director wants change just like me and yourself. So guys, if that's you and you want an opportunity, go after it. There's so many programmings and free of charge state by state. So look up your state and see if there's any adult educational programming. So training educators on how to work with adults with disabilities. Experts estimate that is about half of adult students have learning disabilities, which are sometimes undiagnosed, right? So many programs don't have resources to work with these students. So they are horribly underserved. So that means if you have a learning disability or you know someone that does, they're going to be overlooked. And I don't feel that's fair. And I know so many individuals out here, nation, nation, state to state can agree. It doesn't matter of the learning disability. All people matter. And if that's the case, there should be a certified special education teacher to assist in adult programming. And they should be certified to help these people. There should be funding available for these um, learning disability programming. Because this is how we get people that have a learning disability into the proper um, employment opportunities. And we have to build a better system. We have to connect and draw in, into workshops, seminars, and learning environments, whether it's online or face-to-face. -face. So what I've learned, some states have developed centralized programs to show teachers how to work with adults with disabilities, right? Minnesota has funding for the Physical and Non-Apparent Disability Assistance Program, which gives workshops and consults with programming um, a best practicing module, right? Individuals who have disabilities, especially the hidden disabilities, you wouldn't know it unless they're disclosed it, and they may not have ever been diagnosed, right? So organizations have assistance available for them, and it's important that we make sure that teachers have some strategies to work with a student in their class and help them with their learning, right? But what I will add to this is, just invest more money in adult educational programming across the globe, whether it's with uh, special needs, uh, learning disabilities, or whatever or however. Just invest it. We have a lot of funding out there. Why not for adult educational programming where it's needed to help these people 
regain employment opportunities. And it all starts with adult educational programming. The federal government provided about $675 million to states for adult education last year. And a figure that has been stagnating it for more than two decades when adjusted for inflation, right? And while states also require a contributing a minimum amount, it's found a gap in why they spend it. Lower funding leads to smaller programming with less reach. Less than 3% of eligible adults receive services. And that is horrible. When there's no awareness by these um, legislators at these states of federal level, they just don't put the extra money out there. They don't do it for nonprofits. And I don't understand why they keep passing the buck. Introducing a bill to expand access rate and increase the federal adult educational budget by $300 million over the next five years, what is the House going to do to pass the bill in the spring? But it's hung up in the Senate and it's unlikely to become a law at any time soon. So you have a lot of people that are unrepresented. You have people with learning disabilities that are unrepresented. You have people that are underemployed that's unrepresented. And you have adult educational programming that's going to go under come 2024. So some states have also increased their funding for adult education in recent years. After cutting more than a million dollars from adult education in 21, Georgia chose to restore that money and its upcoming state budget. So I feel that raising the pay for full-time state employees by $5,000 would actually help some, but not all, adult educational teachers, right? And also in my research, I've done the math. State lawmakers often need a big push. One, to advocate education, to increase funding, and also to collaborate with adult basic education. I've actually talked to educators, and they said they want to be more involved with adult education as well as Trojan education. But to be involved, they need funding. There's a lot of retired professors. There's a lot of retired high school teachers that want to rejoin um, the employment opportunities that are out there. But they can't do it without funding. So funding is lost in the shuffle and people keep passing the buck. So understand that much more is like funding. And that's where it all comes down to. So I want to dive into this portion of it. Increasing teacher pay and adding more full-time teachers, more so not into K through 12, but for adult educational teachers. Work is part-time or are all volunteer basis, leading to high turnovers for inconsistent instruction. So in Tennessee, more than a third of staff or teachers are uncertified and more than 80% only work part-time. So you're looking at uncertified teachers must like to be trained in modules in an adult education to stay up and current according to, you know, state labor or workforce development, right? So I think there would be more classes available, more learning opportunities, and more things that can help, or more resources rather, that can help young people so they can stay more productive. They won't be involved in violence. They won't be walking in the streets during the day. They won't get into petty crime if you find adult educational programming, right? And to you have the programming, you have the nonprofit organizations, 
but there needs to be an increased teacher pay to bring teachers in to teach adult education. You got K through 12 under control or some of it's under control, but to bring adults and young adults back to the workforce, it has to be higher pay because it's not going to work, right? So hiring more teachers, right? That's one. Giving them the ones that's uncertified, helping them to be certified and to be represented properly as an adult educator, right? To open up a state adult educational program, right? So some states can find ways to provide teachers with professional development. And guys, I'm not talking about just Massachusetts and Minnesota and Arkansas. I'm talking about all states because there's petty crime, there's violence state by state, country by country. So opening up programming for adults and young people can break down the barriers of crime, uneducated individuals, and to bring families and education back to one platform, one portal, one system, one system, one ground system that can help people, right? To save people from being harmed and injured. A program like this can save a senior citizen from being harmed. A program like this can save a young lady that's going and coming from work or a man that's going and coming or going trying to go to the gym or something like that. They're getting caught up in the system because there's not enough adult educational programming and enough extracurricular activities for young people and enough programming to put them in a position where they feel more, feel more confident and more, more sure of themselves. So you're going to constantly keep having violence, petty crime, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Kids bagging school, kids not being interested and having a gap between education, violence, poverty, uncertified teachers, and a broken educational system, either it's K through 12 or beyond. So what can change that? I just told you guys, I gave you the tea, the lemon, the sugar, and the honey. And now I'm going to come in with the sweet and low. So don't go anywhere. It really makes a difference when you have teachers who have gone through training on how to teach adult learners of different levels. Because every adult is at a different level. Because an adult could have been out of school 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Or an adult could have been out of school two years. So you have to meet them where they're at. So these adult educators had to be trained properly to meet the learners, right? So that takes resources, funding, certification, and much, much more to build a system, right? And it's not like a system cannot be created because it was created 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago before I was even thought of. There was programming. There was opportunity for young people. There was opportunity for young adults. People were more occupied. Make sure people are occupied thinking, doing something, even if there's some type of compensation that young people are going to get for being a part of a program, right? But we have to open up the doors and have these resources available to save people because you're saving the children, you're saving the families, you're saving communities, you're saving everyone's being saved in one sense under one umbrella, if that makes sense. And the next section of this episode talks about, I want to discuss help students overcome barriers 
that inhibit them from attending class. Right. When I was going to school, people with ba- kids would bag school. And I think I even was a a, uh, a a bagger back then because we were bored. I didn't bag school because I didn't know my work. I bagged school because I was bored. A lot of young people say they hate school because they're bored. I hear youngsters saying the teachers don't make sense. The teachers are mean. The teachers are evil. The teachers are not representing them properly. The teachers are not informed. So I don't know what you educators out there may think about what, um, and I've even spoke to a couple of high schoolers. I, I've done a, a survey and I had spoke about that in my past episodes about what the youngsters K through 12 think about educators. Then I spoke to adults and they said they were out of school for 10 years and they would never go back because the experience was horrible. It was embarrassing. It was scrutinizing them. So if you were an educator and you, you know, taught adults, maybe you, you know, was a bit harsh. Maybe you came down too hard on the youngsters. Maybe you were an adult educator that came down too hard on your adult learners, right? So let's just talk a little bit about that. A recent high schooler I spoke to, she said she dropped out of high school in 11th grade to care for her newborn daughter. She's from Mississippi. And I won't disclose her name. And she hated high school because not only she was teased and bullied for being a teen mom, right? She was teased and bullied because of how she looked, how she dressed. And she couldn't keep up with the Joneses. The, the naysayers would always bother her about being a young teen mom. So she hung up her gloves and decided not to go to school. She thought that going to school was a punishment. So I'm just going to give you a little bit more about this, about this youngster that I spoke to, 11th grader that dropped out. And you know, I encouraged her to go back to school because I'm high on education at this point. So she said, you're not, you're, you're not going to get a job that you're looking for after high school being Afro-Latino, but between work and childcare responsibilities, I would only fall by the wayside like my mother did. My mother has a ninth grade education and she's from the Bronx. People in my community are unrepresented because we have a language barrier. Education is not important being an Afro Latino. To restart in my educational environment is an embarrassment. I had to stop working before to help my mother with her children. The cycle in the Bronx, Harlem, Brooklyn, and um, I believe she said Soho is never going to change. It's a cycle of young Afro-Latino or Latino-American moms just trying to get by with a high school diploma and nothing more. Well, I encourage that young girl to regain her sense of love for education and I, I spoke to her about a friend of mine that regained employment opportunities, re- regained education, and now is an entrepreneur, right? A, a good friend of mine. I won't disclose her name, but she was a teen mom. She's married and she's going quite well, right? She created her own space. She's a motivational speaker, right? And um, she's working with other teen moms, I believe, at this point. So... Is not where you come from. 
you can come from poverty. You can come from the Bronx. You can come from, you know, the projects, wherever you come from and still make a life for yourself. I know there's a cycle of Afro-Latino or Latino-Americans. You know, I'm a teen mom. My daughter's a teen mom. And you kind of come from that system. But that's where we break the chain, break the barrier and say, I've went through this cycle, but I'm going to do more and I'm going to go back to school. And I spoke to her about it and she said, no, it's over for me, Rusty. It's not like I'm going to get a job. I will never make it to college. It's not enough money. I don't have it. I got to raise a family. My life is over. I said, your life is not over, love. Your life has just begun. So after a lot of inspiration and conversating with her, and I actually had her come on to my platform to join, to be one of the tutors for me, just to see what education is all about and what my young people are going through. I was able to convince her to go back to school. The young lady went back to school and actually she's going to graduate from school this June. She's inspired to do education. She's actually been accepted to a community college um, in New York City. And she's going to be majoring in media. The young girl didn't believe that she had it in her because she was influenced by a lot of people in her community that said that she couldn't. Even her own parents. The cycle, guys, will continuously repeat itself if we don't work with our young people. They need words of inspiration. They need people Pillars of their community or mentors, families, support, neighbors, leaders, state representatives and mayors and people that are running for council and office. If that's you, we need you to be a vessel in your community or maybe in someone else's community. Because our young people got to realize that 11th grade at 16 or 17 is not over. It's never over. Right. And I thought I, I thought about that once when I was in school. Life is rocky and I don't know what else I should do, right? So I, guys, I would always say take an initiative. But on the flip of this coin, initiating and providing some students with support like childcare, which I know is available, but in some states is not. Transportation, food assistance, helping with testing fees and career counseling is a big help for teen moms, People that are not teen moms that are just in school and they're just struggling. Free meal programs are not available for a lot of states and a lot of people. And getting a meal under that belt is key and it's missing in a lot of states. That's pull through and work together to help these states, whether it's um, a canned food drive, whether it's, you know, some kind of way if you have a restaurant and you want to sow a seed. Or some kind of way, partnership with schools, partnership with young people, partnership with families, and be a part of something great. I have decided to work with either church organizations, Catholic churches. Um, I'm working with the Masjid right now. For the uh, they have um, Sister Clara Muhammad. They have a um, a food covenant there, where you can support youngsters. Uh, it don't have to necessarily be the Islamic community. It could be non-Islamic. And they're doing a food bank there. And I decided to do that because I have friends there now. I've made friends. And then that's you, right? And you just want to donate a couple canned goods, spaghetti. You may want to give them 20 bucks. You want to, you just want to sow a seed to some type of pro- nonprofit organization. Or maybe just a company that th- expresses 
an interest of helping, right? Maybe that's you. I know, you know, in my own family, you know, they've seen hungry days and days where they were dark and they just didn't have enough to get by. That could be the only thing that's stopping a youngster to get back in their seat at school. Maybe donating crayons, markers, you know, a, a school bag, a pencil case. It could be something small to inspire someone to get back in school. It could be a young adult that wants to go back to school, but they don't have um, transportation. They don't have um, something. Something's missing. You know, they maybe don't have clothes. Maybe they don't have toiletries. Maybe you have extra soap at home. Maybe washcloths, towels, you know, something you might just want to donate. Partnership. You know, I'm going to have links, you know, connected where you can find ways and resources to connect yourself and be in a covenant with people that really want to help. Just like me and you, right? Because it matters. It's just sometimes one thing that holds people back to get reemployed. Maybe it's resume. Maybe their resume is, is shoddy and they don't know how to get a better resume. Maybe you, someone out there that's listening in, you have experience with resumes. You might want to help with a resume. You might know how to do a cover letter. If that's you and you want to sow a seed and help someone, do so. Be a part of someone's journey to excel at reemployment, right? It could be someone coming home from the penitentiary in a few months, a few weeks, and they're just trying to rejoin employment. Just because they were incarcerated, that doesn't mean that they're poisoned. I came from a, a father, right, that was incarcerated. He's not poisoned. He did a 360 and he became an advocate, an entrepreneur, and a mentor, and a father for us. And he took care of his family and other people's families for over 50 years, still standing strong. Maybe you might want to understand a little bit more about that. So being incarcerated doesn't mean they are a bad person. They just made a mistake because every number two pencil has an eraser on it. So that's join hands together and help folks rejoin employment, help folks get back on their feet. Because a lot of people need to stand up on solid ground again during a bad inflation. Okay. So, but programs can rely on temporary funding, temporary program, temporary support to get to highest level of their lives. We have to get together and work in our communities and beyond to help families, friends, neighbors, people that we never seen or even heard of, state by state, country by country, to get them back where they need to be. Last point, pay adults to return to the classroom. Tennessee Adult Educational Program one year is beginning in both reading and math. They have people that are attending, right, to get more enriched in reading, right? And after more than three months, they feel that they're behind and they want to get caught up into an adult environment because it's been so long since they've actually revisited reading and math that they don't feel like they can achieve, but they're still going strong in the program because they know that they're achievers and believers into something great. Some of these most initiative programs combine adult education and actual jobs to encourage attendance, right? And opportunities because there's insignificant federal and state funding, right? 
which pays residents to return to school two days a week and pay them to work city jobs to other than three days, right? And last year, right, Georgia, the Cal County's sanitation department offered employees without high school diplomas an opportunity to take virtual classes on company time, right? And that department covered fees for credential exams, 100% retention. And it led adult education in Georgia, right? And helped start the workplace programming, getting people back on their feet. And then ending into open education programs to all students, regardless of its immigration status, right? A handful of states, including Arizona, Georgia, prevent adult education programs from using state funding to serve undocumented people, right? And they matter too. Arizona denies enrollment to hundreds of people each year because they did not provide evidence of citizenship or legal residency in their country. And it's required by law, right, for voters in Georgia to be passed a law in 2010 requiring programs to verify applications and their country legally. Three federal funding groups that serve mainly immigrants and refugees are denied state funding because they allow undocumented students, right? So Arizona Department of Education declined to commit on policy impact on enrolling or programming. So Georgia's assistant commissioner, right? right, of adult education said that they wanted to get undocumented immigrants without programs to serve them, to see, you know, the ones that are falling through the cracks, right? 